Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It's so great to walk with you today. In today's session, you are similar to all people. At times, you find yourself challenged in your most important relationships at work and at home, causing you sleepless nights and much upset. In today's session, we describe the effects of connection to our health and explore some ideas about how we can show up in a way that helps build relationships. Let's walk. Out walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able, standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. If you're new to the last 8% morning, we walk. We walk for 15 to 20 minutes, integrating three things, movement, mindfulness, and mental training exercises. So we start right now just by feeling our feet on the ground feeling the bottom of our feet contact the surface of the ground. Feeling our belly rise and fall. Why do we do this? We do this because we want to build emotional intelligence. So we are delivering ideas that will help you grow your emotional intelligence activities to grow your emotional intelligence so that when you face those more challenging moments, those challenging conversations or decisions or relationships, what we call last 8% situations, you have something to draw upon so you can be closer to your best in those critical moments. Of course, building these skills will help us in all of our moments, but especially those last 8%. So just feel your feet on the ground. Feel your head and neck. Feel your belly rise and fall. We tune into the body, building mindfulness. Because it's what allows us to be more present. It's a skill or a muscle that we can grow and build. So that's why it's part of every last 8% morning. Feeling your shoulders now and your jaw. Just tune in. Mindfulness is paying attention on purpose, non-judgmentally. What do you sense in those areas? And feel your belly rise and fall. 
standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. Having a moment when we are just present with whatever is. Our body walking, our belly rising, our eyes looking around, taking in the landscape, and feeling grateful for it all. And now moving to the next part of our structure. If you're new, we follow a BIG structure. We make our bed, then we mindfully pay attention to our belly and body. So we've done that already. At least I hope you've made your bed. Then we tune into one of the I's, idea of the day or strength and identity. We'll do idea of the day today. And then one of the G's, goals or gratitude. So let me start with a story. Dr. Benjamin Falcone spent 17 years practicing medicine in Rosito, Pennsylvania, and rarely saw any heart disease. He was so surprised that he talked to a health researcher at a conference by the name of Dr. Stuart Wolf. So Dr. Wolf and his colleagues decided, let's study Rosito. And from 1955 to 61, they compared Rosito with those of four surrounding communities, immediately adjacent towns that shared with Rosito, the same water supply, doctors, and medical facilities. The study compared health statistics from Rositans to these neighboring towns, and the initial results were nothing short of astonishing. During the seven-year period of the study, no one in Rosito under the age of 47 died of a heart attack. There was a complete absence of heart disease in men under the age of 55. This is unheard of. And the rate of heart attacks in men over 65 was half the national average. The death rates from all causes was 35% lower than anywhere else. So the study confirmed this town doctor's findings. This was compared to the four outlying communities and the national average. So the researchers led by Wolf, and this is a very famous study, decided to look at why there was this difference. And they studied the most obvious factor, diet. Uh, Rosito was made up of Italian immigrants, so they figured, oh, you know, they must eat a healthy Mediterranean diet of fish and olive oil and fresh vegetables. But that wasn't the case. Many Rositans did not have enough money for fish and ate high-fat diets made up of meatballs and sausages. In fact, they found that their diet had an average fat intake of around 40% of their entire diet, and this, this was not the good fat. So it wasn't about their diet. Then they looked at lifestyle. Maybe they exercised a lot. No dice. Many worked in slate quarries or mines, which were renowned for having harsh working conditions and high rates of on-site accidents. So they had extremely low to no heart disease, yet they had horrible diets and were very sedentary. So what gives? What they found was that life in Rosita was very much different than the surrounding areas. What did they find? They found grandparents lived with grandchildren and many household had, households had three to four generations under the same roof. Strong ties brought community-wide celebrations for life cycle events and religious ceremonies. Few people were alone. Few were ever lonely. No one was without overwhelming support and friendship. There was no crime, no locked doors. It became known as a Rosito effect, and it had 
a more significant effect on their health than the usual risk factors we all worry about. Unfortunately, the story doesn't necessarily end well. Researchers went back 30 years later and found that Rosito had become increasingly Americanized. The population had become increasingly insular, separated, less supportive of one another. People were more lonely. So what happened to the incidence of heart disease? Well, it went up to the national average. In spite of, get this, people eating better, exercising more, and having more money. This is the power of connections. And I bring up this story because, again, as I said in session one or part one of Emotional Connection Week, I think we can get so busy that we don't realize how important it is to spend time on our relationships, on emotional connections. So if you want to build better relationships, there's a number of things you can do that'll help you show up better in your relationships and build better relationships, both at work and at home. And the first is what I just mentioned, be wary of being too task-oriented at the expense of relationships. Yes, we need to get things done, but we can get so overwhelmed, especially during COVID-19, where It's harder to spend time with people, and so we just give up. Don't give up. It's critical to our performances we talked about last session. It's critical to our health. And I think it's especially important now because it's we're going through such a time of change with the pandemic, with our awakening, uh, our understanding and our awakening of racial injustice, systemic racial injustice. You know, we have an election coming. There's lots of uncertainty around that, the economy. So we will feel stressed. And emotions, managing emotions and finding best ways to do that matters. And I can tell you that men especially learn from women when it comes to being stressed and feeling this uncertainty because we know that a default behavior of not all women, but most women is to what UCL researchers called tend and befriend. So when women get stressed, they reach out to others and they befriend them and they tend them. And that gets a load off. They share their suffering. Men, unfortunately, become more isolated, worried about how they're going to appear. And I can tell you that this is one of the reasons why researchers think, and there's a few different theories, But why women live 4.8 years longer than men is because they share, they're connected in spite of the stress. In fact, it acts to inoculate them against the stress. So I think men can learn from women around this. In other words, be more present. I mean, this is why we practice mindfulness. When you're with someone, see if you can let go of all the things you need to do or all the different worries and see if you can just be present and tune in. I find that it's very easy for us to get into mutual monologues. We're talking with someone and we're talking. The other person isn't really listening. They're just waiting for us to stop so they can start talking. And in reverse, we're not really listening to them. We're just waiting for them to stop. And then we start talking. We're in mutual monologues. In this next week, I want you to pay attention to this question. How many people, when they ask you a question, really do listen and are really present and 
ask you a follow-up question based on what you just said. I got to tell you, I think this is gold. Not many people do it. And by the way, turn it around and say, okay, if not many people do it, maybe this is something that we can do to build better relationships. And this is, can we be more interested versus interesting? So part of this is just being present. Again, why we practice mindfulness. Another big one, if you want to build relationships, is you want to tune into the emotional needs of the people you're with. This is true both at work and at home. And for managers, when we work with managers, we talk about how to increase engagement and that emotional connection is by tuning into the emotional needs of the people you work with, colleagues or direct reports. So this is a handy little tool. One thing that it's helpful to keep in mind. For somebody to be connected to us, let's say at work, of course this works at home too, but let's say a direct report at work. Think about this little model of there's really three things that we can give to them that can help them feel more connected to us. And the acronym is VVF. We can give them voice, value, and feedback. What do I mean by that? We can give them voice. We can really listen so that they feel heard, so that they have autonomy, so that they have decision-making latitude, right? So we tune in and we listen. And we, and we give them the opportunity to make choices. So that's voice. So it's a little bit more than just voice in my mind. So that's the first V is voice. The second is making people feel valued. Really, again, this is listening, being present again, but valuing them the way they want to be valued. You know, everyone is a bit different. Sometimes an introvert wants to be rewarded or valued differently than an extrovert. So we need to understand that. But this is also about, are we respecting others? So that's the second B, V, value. So voice, value. And then the third part is feedback. You know, it really helps for people to know where they stand with us. You know, clarity is the antidote to anxiety. When we're not being clear, they will get more anxious. and It'll be harder for us to be connected. So these are all things that we can do, tuning into the emotional needs of the people we work with, voice, value, and feedback. And there's two other factors which are more internal to that person which is how much purpose do they feel and how connected do they feel? And again, we can have an influence on that, but that, you know, but also that comes from within for them. Are they feeling purposeful? Their work connected to the bigger work that we're doing at the organization. Do they feel connected? Are we thinking of ways that we can connect them? So there's almost two internal factors for someone. Do they feel purpose and connection? And three external that a manager can really help them with, making them feel like they have a voice, feel valued, and have feedback to know where they stand. So if we can show up in this way as a manager, we can be present, not be too task-oriented, thinking about there's also a relationship being built, you know, in the midst of any task or any project being, you know, driven and, and executed. You know, can we tend and befriend? And women do this, men something I think that could really be helpful to helping our health. Can we be more present? Ask questions, really listen, be interested, and ask follow-up questions. And then finally, tuning into these emotional needs. This is all something we can do. This is not beyond us. This is not, you don't have to have any special powers to do this. 
but you do need to make the choice to step in and do this. And it helps if we've managed our emotions and we're aware so that we're able to be present, we're able to step in. Next session, we're going to talk about building a bridge, really foundational tool to building emotional connection. So as we're finishing, standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful, feeling our feet on the ground, tuning into five things that we can feel grateful for. And a natural one might be to think of the people in our lives. So think about who are those people that you feel more emotionally connected to, who you can feel instant gratitude for. And there's so many more other things that we can feel grateful for. What are they for you? What are your big five of things you feel grateful for? Fantastic. Now let's bring this energy into the day, remembering how important it is to connect and how we got to be careful not to get caught in that task trap and how those emotional connections really help our health. By the way, they also help our happiness. So we talked about last session. They're important for our performance. We know from this they really help with health, but they also really help with happiness. So now, feeling our feet on the ground, looking around, feeling grateful. If you're getting something out of this last 8% morning, please, we'd love for you to share it with friends. Word of mouth is the most powerful way to grow a podcast audience, and we definitely want to grow more people listening. There are a lot of people suffering right now with COVID and We really believe that this is an antidote that can be helpful to them. So share and rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And more than anything, bring this energy into the day. Have a wonderful day.